Praise the Lord. You are listening to True Bible Mission for Jesus Church. Located at 6010 West Mill Road, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where the pastor is Elaine Allen. to be talking about current events and I someone sent this article to me about a man that was charged with arson of a Pennsylvania church and that church banned him for unspecified reasons he was charged with twice setting a fire to this church as well as burglary and criminal trespass and he spoke briefly with the media after waiving his right to a preliminary hearing, and he explained that he did set the fires, but the reason he set the fires is he was mad at God. And he explained to the media that, uh, well, actually the DA of that town explained that Mr. Torres had some mental health issues. He is believed to have set two fires, one setting to the church after midnight on April 23rd, which damaged the sanctuary. A second fire was set two days later on the church's roof. And who would do this again? That They already burned everything inside, said the daughter of the pastor's uh, Nitsa Cologne, the daughter of the pastor's daughter, said in an interview after the second fire, we got a call this morning and like who would do this again so he was arrested after the for the fires when a security camera footage from a nearby section intersection showed a person identified as a suspect walking around the area just before the arson and um mr torres's sister said that her brother had a long history of mental illness and claimed that he was bullied by the congregation 
She said that he was always quiet and respectful to everyone, and all he wanted to do was sit down in the church that he loves and he and feel safe and listen to God's words. And instead, he got humiliated and bullied once again. Now, uh, they, I, they don't go into how he was bullied, how he was humiliated. No details. No details. He couldn't it love was the church that much if he set it on fire. <laughs> But the thing is, he said he was mad at God. So people do silly things because they say that they're mad at God. And I don't think that's wise to be mad. You know, that's foolishness. I don't think that's... But to, to set the church on fire because you're upset with the Lord is... Different than setting the church on fire because you're bullied. Right, you know, so I think I think his sister's explanation isn't really. Uh, I don't think it's really accurate. I think it's just her perception or something that she'd come up to try to justify or explain his actions. But there is no justification for it, and just it's just by God's grace, he did that while there was no one in the church. Could have cost somebody their life. Right, that's true. There's another church in Birmingham, Alabama, that. And actually, it's a large, larger church. And it started to, um, they started its own police force, thanks to a new law permitting the church to do just that. The governor signed a law saying that they could appoint and employ one or more suitable persons to act as police officers to protect the property of the school or academy. So, I mean... Why they call them police officers? So the people I don't, have, I don't they get have, that either. I don't either because They're they, they have the authority to uh, arrest a person, to detain a person, because basically that's what an officer can do. Now, Actually, it's like a security force. Right. That's it. That's yes. Not I, I, yeah, I thought that would have been more accurate to say that they would have the ability to have their own security. And and the church felt that uh, they call it a police force is necessary in order to adequately protect. It's 4,100 members, including 2,000 students and faculty on I can see them have security. Now, security, security is, is one thing, but saying that they're police. Well, I think they must give them a little bit more authority than they do security. I think Marquette University is something like that, too. Well, they that's their own police force. Right. They're, they're actually police officers with police officer authority. Right. Now, these officers will compete complete state certified training by Peace Officers Standards and Training Commission. They will be trained on the proper use of a non-lethal weapon. So I guess that gives them some authority. The ACLU of Alabama tweeted that the new law undermines the separation of church and state. How? And are a threat to our freedom now, of religion. I don't understand how that undermines the separation of church and state. I mean, if, if they called it security officers, would they be undermining the separation of church I, and I state? I don't believe that this is the only church that has security. No. I just don't believe that at all. But there must have been some problem, serious problem, in this particular area. It says a similar bill was proposed four years ago, but it was dropped by the Alabama legislature amid a public outcry over the Presbyterian Church in America's racist history, as well as criticism that the bill was unconstitutional and violated the Establishment Clause's separation of church and state. 
I don't understand. I don't get that. Um, I don't either, but I do know that depending on the area, because Marquette had that same type of issue, and then next thing you know, they had their own uh, security, which is basically and and UWM has their own security, police. but I don't know if they have their own police. <laughs> but I mean, they, they just about have the authority of of, uh, of an of a police officer, and so they do it at Marquette University. But in light well, of the the world around us. In this day and age, I think well, the law is made for the ungodly. So it's basically because of the unrest that surrounds, like that university that's a, that they're being confronted with. You know? mm -hmm. Because when they did establish the the, the little, uh, I guess, private police department at Marquette, a lot of the crimes stopped you know, because they had a lot of people being robbed. You know, students coming living on campus. Mm -hmm. You know, and fear for their safety so right someone sent this article to me about bishop td jakes you know everybody knows who td jakes is he's a pretty popular and successful christian leader in america but you know this article came from cbnnews.com and it says that you might think that he's happy about all that fame but in, a, in an interview recently uh, he admits that he almost quit working in the ministry at one point. He confessed that he never wanted fame. I wanted to be effective, not famous. Famous is the consequ consequence of being effective, he said. Everyone attacks you first, then figures you out later. You're really guilty until proven innocent. For the first time he was in the Washington Post, the article was so vicious, he said it made him nauseous. I was so shocked that you could say stuff about someone you didn't even know based on assumptions. So he decided, I don't want this. And after he finished preaching one night, he stayed upstairs in the fellowship. I was mad inside and I was hurt. I didn't want to go back to my room and sulk in my own sorrows. The pastor said that a lady was downstairs waiting for me, and I was trying to outweigh her, he said. He came downstairs, and the woman was still there waiting for him. And so he talked to her, and she said, I'd been in the hospital. I was pregnant in my fallopian tubes, and the baby died in my tubes. And I was carrying around a dead baby, and the toxicity from the baby almost killed me. The only thing that kept me alive was hearing you preach. If you hadn't been preaching to me every day, I swear I would have died. It's for us. It's not for them. It's for us, she told him. That hit me so hard. I didn't get her name. I cried all the way back to my room because she reminded me why I was there. Bishop Jakes was surprised when he met that same woman at a book signing, but he didn't recognize her. She said, you don't remember me, do you? And when he looked up at her, all of a sudden he remembered, and he burst into tears, and he lost it. I stopped the signing, and I jumped up and hugged her. If it were not for that woman, he said. Since then, Bishop Jakes hasn't allowed the obstacles of fame to prevent him from pursuing more of God's plan, writing many books and holding countless conferences. So um, he's 
says, as we evolve as a person, we cannot allow ourselves to be incarcerated by anything that people would describe us with because we limit what the Holy Spirit can do in your life. You have to be what you are and not what people call you. Sometimes people call you a name and you start living up to the name and it limits you from what else God wants you to do in your life. That might be. But, you know, I find it curious that he made the decisions. Like he didn't pray about pray it, about it go the to Lord. the Lord about it. Right. Or, uh, but, you know, you, you feel that way. No, he was actually going to make a decision. People, he didn't people just feel can it. really hurt you to the oh, point yes. where... You know, and if you, where you feel that way, I understand that, but he did more than just feel that way. He had made it up in his mind he wasn't going to. And I believe, uh, had he not talked to this particular lady, he would have gone in his own way. And he would have, yeah, but stopped. don't you think that's how the Lord meant it for, to be? The Lord had that woman wait and wait and so wait that he wouldn't make wait. so that he wouldn't make shipwreck right. because he, he made a decision without acknowledging the Lord. And the Lord said, you know, in all your ways you acknowledge me. So he made that decision and the Lord, out of his mercy, you know, sent somebody, sent that ram in the bush. But that is a good story, I mean, about his life because he is effective. He is a good speaker. The Lord Oh yeah, he's, he's a gifted speaker. That's true. Mm-hmm. So I got this other article sent to me. It's from the Christian Post and um, it's talking about internet preachers, how they're on the rise, and more worshipers are migrating online instead of going to physical churches. And there's this um, man. And so they're not Rush. fellowshipping. They're, they're, they're still, not. They're still. Well, in, I guess not, online no, they not, consider themselves to be fellowshipping. No, they. they themselves attending a service that they, they, they're actually participating in a service but they're not fellowshipping with other saints so here it says with more than 800,000 followers on Facebook Chicago-based internet preacher and U.S. Army veteran Marcus Rogers has an audience on social media that's much greater than popular established churches like Rick Warren's Saddleback Church and is just about 300,000 shy of Joel Osteen's Texas-based Lakewood, Lakewood Church. Right, um, but I don't see anything wrong with actually uh, uh, participating in an online service. In but addition, in addition to, to, but not as a substitute for fellowship. So um, his decision to create church online was made in April of 2006 and it was driven out of his heart to reach people where they are. Right, which I can understand. There might be some people who actually are housebound. He believes that God has called him to use technology available to spread the gospel to as many people as he can. There are about seven, there are more than seven billion people on this earth, and as long as there is one hurting person who doesn't know Christ, we know our job is not done, Mm -hmm. he said. Um, He said his messages resonate with followers because like their spiritual leader, many have struggled to find their place in traditional churches. He says, I've pretty much been in church my whole life. 
My mother was a German woman, single woman with four mixed kids. So everywhere we kind of went, we were kind of always outsiders. In black churches, they looked at us kind of funny. In white churches, she wasn't married. A single mom without his father the and the outsider status of his family, he struggled to find his niche. I didn't have people that were raised up in the church as friends that I could depend on. The Bible said there's safety in a multitude of counseling. So I kind of felt like I was just in a position where I had to learn everything the hard way. Marriage, relationships, I didn't know anything about women or anything. I was deployed to Iraq, deployed to Afghanistan, and went through just so much mess in my life. It was so bad at one point I wanted to kill myself because I was just like, my life is not working and I have nobody I could talk to. I just can't, I, I can't just call the pastor. I can't just call my dad for desperate for direction and not ready to die. Rogers, who is a father of five children, began calling on the Lord for help. And when the Lord began responding several years ago, while he was on deployment in South Korea, he said his life began to change. Instead of trying to kill myself, what I would do, I would just fall on my faith and cry out to the Lord for a word or something to keep me going, especially when I was in South Korea. And then the Lord just began to speak to me, you know, and he would download stuff to me and I would begin to open the Bible and he would give me revelations. And I was so desperate for it. Inspired, he soon decided that he would start publicly sharing some of what God was revealing to him. I realized that there are people out there like me. They are outsiders. They might not have their dad, pastor in their life that they can just call on because they're not part of the, the clique or the crowd. So it's like, I'm going to share what God has given me to, to keep me going with everybody else. And I'm going to share the raw truth, whether it's about my divorce or what I was going through. I'm just going to be vulnerable with people and be real. He quietly began posting his video messages on social media when um, maybe about five years ago in the fall of 2014. And one of them was uh, called I Will Drown Myself. And it went viral. Right before I left for Korea, the Lord spoke something to me, and you know, different Christians don't really agree with this, but I was leaving my military base, and I felt the Lord leading me to go to my office. And I went to my office, and I saw this trash can there, and I felt just led to fill it up with water. Immediately, I started having these thoughts that people are going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> I felt led to put my head in the trash can and started recording whatever came to my mind, and that was my first video, he said. That took off from there, and I kept making videos with the intent to just help people, motivate people, encourage people, and I didn't see anybody else doing that at the time. He had no plans to become famous. I just wanted to help other people that I knew just were out there like me. And the ministry has now is now so popular and lucrative, Rogers left the Army last fall to commit to his ministry full-time. Asked why he thinks his ministry became so popular, he said his decision to be open and honest about his walk with Christ is what resonates with many of his followers. People are tired of, and this is not all churches, but a lot of churches just fake it. They want to look like they've got it all, 
they're not struggling, they're holier than thou, they never have any carnal thoughts or anything like that, and so a lot of people are tired of that, you know. When I met meet people face to face, that's the number one thing they always say. Because I was vulnerable, they were able to connect with me. The transparency. It so he was, does meet them. Evidently. Okay. It and was more authentic to them. And then when they look at me, they feel like, well, if he can make it, then I can make it. Oh, I can understand that. But I believe that when he was going through all those hardships that he couldn't call a pastor, he didn't have a father that he could fall back on. But by him having gone to church, by his mother taking him and him fellowshipping at such a young age, he had enough sense that when he actually hit that brick wall and had no place else to go, he knew to pray. Mm-hmm. So after he tried all that he thought was necessary in order to get ahead, and realized it was getting him absolutely nowhere, his last resort was what he had learned. Mm-hmm. And he learned it through fellowship. Yeah, and also it kind of brings back that scripture like when you train up a child the way they should go, when the child gets old, he won't depart. So it's like when he tried all that he knew, knew how, it's like what he learned from his childhood of going to church, fellowshipping around strong saints that can pray and get a prayer through, that he knows that he can go to God and pray in faith. Right, and get a prayer through. So now he's reaching people who feel alienated, but I'm pretty sure... Not just online, though. So, you know, when you read further down, he, he says that his followers have made him their unofficial pastor, but he still encourages them to find a local church home. He doesn't believe his ministry is enough for discipleship, so he partnered with churches across the state and globally to help match his followers with congregations. Because he knows spiritually that they need that that fellowship. I tell people this does not replace church. You need to be in church. You need to have accountability in your life. I feel like it's okay for you to get a word on the internet, but if if I'm just giving you a word and you get motivated to do your day-to-day business... But if there's no transformation or change in your life, then what's the point? So I, t- I look at social media as nothing more than a hook. It's like planting a seed, but people still need to be discipled. Yeah, so they, they, don't they look still, to me as right. your pastor. They still need to obey the word. So I guess what he has done to support some of his followers locally, he holds monthly prayer meetings in a gym space that he rents. And uh, for his spiritual health to ensure that he is accountable, he told the Christian Post that he attends a home church with a pastor that provides him with guidance. He's not ready to lead a traditional church, he says, but he's studying and working on a new relationship, and he wants to make sure that he's fully prepared for the demands of being an official pastor. And that's no joke Right. to be a, a pastor. That's no joke. But I find it interesting that... Um, I don't know, does anybody watch Channel 6, The Real? And recently, uh, very recently, the co-hosts debated, is it okay to watch church online? They wanted to know whether it's okay to watch church services online um, Why not? I mean, if you watch it on TV, what's the difference? But I'm saying, I'm saying, but that should not be your uh, substitute for a fellowshipping like the Lord told you that you had to do. And then he even said even more so is the evil day 
uh, approaches when times become more evil. I mean, of course. Why wouldn't you watch online? Why wouldn't you watch TV? I mean, services on television. That doesn't make any sense. And a lot of people yeah. do. But to have the testimony, to have the testimony service online is kind of like you're making yourself just a television show. To have uh, your testimony in person, in the church, around the real people, they have the opportunity in the church to ask you questions about your testimony, uh, come to understand you better. It's a more for real thing to do it in the church with that fellowship. Right, you have to fellowship. I mean, online or TV alone in and of itself is not sufficient. It's just not. Now, I, it's interesting that as a as the co-hosts discuss this on the reel, they they I guess collectively decided that watching viewing online. Um, some people felt like it's a cop out, you know. Some, it's only a cop out if that's all you do. They feel like it, you need that dedicated time with God in a church. And so if you can't make it to church, you know, occasionally, you know, it's okay to Right, but they say you can't substitute it. But when they say in a church, what, what the Lord, I know they say in a church. Or it, what, this, what, what church is all about is what this is, actually they well, were saying. Well, what comes to mind is rather than when people, when it's, thinking of a, a building or a structure, then so I'm thinking fellowshipping. So you need to come together with other saints, whether it's in a traditional looking type of church structure, whether it's in a gym, like this one person when they had the prayer meeting, whether you assemble in a park, you need to come together with other saints. So it might not be a traditional setting, but the Lord said is you don't fail to assemble yourselves so things getting together to give God the praise that's what was what you need that, that, that strength you know just to go to a church and say well I went to a, you know I went to pray I went to the chapel there was nobody there that's not what the Lord is talking about he's talking about fellowshipping with other saints right and and, and intimate moments with the Lord alone in your house or in a chapel or private prayer or when you're by yourself is you know I think is um, good it's very good because Jesus would go and he would pray I mean that's before he chose his 12 disciples well before he chose the 12 disciples to become apostles he went by himself and he prayed all night it's like, so they concluded that, what would you prefer, watching a concert online or being there in person? Depends, because I don't like being around <laughs> a lot of people. But I mean, it's true. <laughs> I mean, you get that energy. You get that uh, when you're with people, fellowshipping with people is different than if you're just watching something alone in your room on TV. Right, they should have picked something other than a concert. <laughs> well, whatever it is that a person would like to watch, you know, it's different. Right, know. it is. When, you, when you're sharing, oh, like, uh, when, if a person really wants a good experience, I used to love to go to plays as opposed to movies because I like the interaction between the, the people who are on stage and the people who are in the audience. It's a different experience than when you just watch a movie. Yes, praise the Lord. 
and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from Psalms 46 and 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Now, ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord, and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, when you give your heart to the Lord, what are you supposed to do with your eyes? And the answer is, observe God's ways. And that can be found in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 26, which reads, My son, give me thine heart, and let thine eyes observe my ways. This week's food for thought is, who is called the friend of God? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.